Well, they call this the Lucky Seven. Welcome, everybody, to Granted Radio. This is episode seven. I don't know if there's going to be a lucky or uh, probably the worst uh, interview, and that would be my fault because I've probably got the best band in Southern California right here with me today. Probably. Or tonight, actually. Okay, most definitely. All right, right, let's start this thing over. Hold on a second. Okay, tell you. <laughs> Your turn. Have <laughs> you hit a seven on craps? People oh, are gonna be like, "Oh, you probably won." Happy. Does <laughs> have a catch phrase? You have to catch cough. Happy. I don't know if this is gonna be lucky or not. It's gonna be damn good. No. <laughs> that's that's gonna be my interview answers. Watch. What's your name? Oh my <laughs> god. There's, there's so much meaning behind this. Aha. All right. Happy Sunday, everybody. You're listening to Granted Radio. We are on episode seven, and it's a very special episode. My name is Emo Aladdin. Uh, I'm with Granted Radio. I'm also with Granted Records, who's hosting this awesome podcast. Who do we have with here tonight? We've got a Southern Californian rock band. They've been around. They've been all over the place, and they have done pretty much it all. And we're very lucky to have them in the studio today. They're actually fully set up, full band. So this is the first we've had where a full band gets to perform here. So I would like to introduce you all to the one and only Swirl. What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? What's happening, guys? Thanks for having us. Hey, man. Thanks for what? I mean, some of you guys came from the east. Some of you guys came from the north. Let's kind of go around the room and introduce ourselves so we know who's who. Hi, I'm Alfred Ramirez, vocalist. I live in Los Angeles. Thanks for having me, Emo. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm D.T. Jones, guitar player out of Southern California down in Temecula, wine country. That was a wine cough. I love it. Uh, This is Brian Bam Bam Jones. I'm on drums, and I'm also in Temecula, California. Shane Carlson, bass guitar. I came from L.A. Love it. Welcome, guys. Good to see you again. Good to see you, brother. It's, it's been to too be damn here. long. Every time oh we get together, we always say the same thing. It's been too damn long, man. It's, it's <laughs> nuts, man. It's nuts. But time flies, and you guys have been doing a lot in the few months since uh, we parted, parted in parentheses ways uh, since October. And right now, we just started June. But before we get into what's going on currently, I'd love to introduce the, the listeners to you guys. Uh, so why don't we kind of take a trip down memory lane? And uh, first, so we'll kind of go around the room. Alfred, I know you said you live in Los Angeles. Yes. Is that is that where you were born? Yeah, actually, I was born in actually downtown White Memorial, Los Angeles, California. No kidding. Yeah, born and raised and kind of moved to the outskirts, and but always stayed pre- pre- you know, primarily in L.A. area. Area. And then you've always stayed in LA. You've never lived anywhere else. Um, you know, the pretty close to LA. Always LA, but then I lived in the Valley. Then I lived out in Santa Monica. Then you know, so yeah, but always but Southern California. It's all LA. Yeah, that's cool. When did you know you 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 had the voice? Um, you know, I was usually um, I had a lot of friends that were musicians, and they were always playing and jamming. So, you know, they would always have me sing a song, and I would even though I wasn't part of their band, you know, they'd have parties, get-togethers, and then. Pretty soon enough, they started having me come out and sing more, and you know, then I just started singing more with different groups. And do you like singing? The, so, did you always know you can sing the high stuff? Um, 
Yeah, kind of, sort of, because, you know, I mean, I was a shower singer, but I didn't know, you know, if I was, you know, how good I was or anything like that, you know, or, or behind closed doors or, yeah, you know, so. Never had, like, formal training with, like, choirs or anything uh, like that? After that, after, you know, spending time with a bunch of friends and ba their bands and stuff, then I go, well, you know, they start saying, hey, you, you have, you know, a good instrument and you should, you know, work on it. So yeah. I did take, you know, at East LA College, I took some voice lessons. I sang with a man's ensemble choir. And so, yeah, so it went from there, That's you know. That's good. And then you've uh, you've always been in rock bands, or did you ever like get into like any sort of other alternate genres? You know, I listen to everything, but as far as just playing, I mean, I think I've just done you know rock and kind of singer songwriter stuff. You know. Well, you've got the rock voice, man. I mean, it, you know, it's one thing to be able to sing, but it's another thing to be able to have that rock tone. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's you know, it comes from the inside. <laughs> Does it though? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you write your melodies and you and you write your lyrics, where do they come from? You know, they just they just come. I mean, I've, I've never had a problem um, coming up with melodies. I come up with melodies like that. In fact, to practice, like I'll hear someone else's song. Yeah, it could be anywhere. It could be a radio station or a band playing. And while the band's playing, I'll kind of like take the vocalist out of it and put my own melody within that person's song. You'll basically, you're, say, you're I I could do that better. <laughs> <laughs> you're able to do that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be able to add something to it, but but to be able to subtract something yeah. while adding to it yeah. is something yeah. else so, entirely. And, and I'll put like a certain melody, and you know, and you know, I've always been, you know, just there's no, I don't have an expla explanation for it. It just it's just something that comes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they say the music comes from the soul, so that's yeah. probably where it comes from. And they say it's the language of the soul too. Yeah. So I heard you guys practicing before we got started, and I was shocked to hear Shane, dude. You actually have a pretty pretty awesome high register man i was i was pleasantly surprised to hear that dude it's like years of them telling me to tone it down <laughs> to, <laughs> to tone uh, it down that, that's dude, known no. as castrata <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> seriously you had to go there um yeah i guess yeah <laughs> have you had training no never uh, had a training well, I, 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 okay scratch that um my dad um my dad's like my music teacher basically he, yeah he um, he's a musician and he's a music teacher and um, he got his master's in uh, something, uh, but his thesis was 17th century Scottish music. What? And, yeah, and so he was basically my the catalyst for me becoming a musician was that he's a he's a church organist and he's a piano player and he used to play in bars um, back in the day when he was young and him and three other guys would get together and they do vocal quartets and bars and stuff um, make money make beer money. Yeah, that stuff. And so um, when I was growing up and I see him doing what he tells me stories that when I was a little kid, um, I would just start going when whatever he was playing, I'd just be doing Mimic it, yeah. mim well, mimicking or just playing along, trying to find whatever note he was playing. I was doing it. And that just kind of started him to um, kind of train me. Yeah. Focus so, on your actual yeah, instrument. He, you know, he, you know, the, the exercises about singing from the diaphragm and all that stuff. Mm hmm. Um, so that w you can call that training. Yeah, um, I mean, I've got an ear for it, and, it, and it's actually tonally, like, sound. It's perfect for backup vocals, and especially for what you guys are doing. Uh, vocals are a very big part of what you guys sound like. See what he did there? He said it's perfect for backing vocals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, don't downplay. The don't quit your day job. <laughs> don't, don't, don't downplay backing vocals, man. No, no, I mean, it's, um, yeah. it's really cool. Uh, this is the first band that I've been in where – the entire band, I think, understands the importance of 
um, sonically that full vocal sound. Totally. So oh yeah. Having um, gone out on the road and seeing as many bands as we have uh, when we go out just to see bands and when we play with bands, yeah. that's what you always see. You always see like one person singing, uh -huh. and if there's anything in the background, it's always everyone going. One word stuff. <laughs> you know, we're we're going out there and we're like in the back room and we're like, okay, let's let's do that chorus. Ready, one, two, and then I love it. You know, we're all we're just working on the melodies and the harmonies together so that when we go out there, just about every song that we play has a vocal vo arrangement. Has vocal arrangements for choruses and all sorts of stuff. And then even um, we are uh, Fourth of July at the end of Fourth of July. It's we've got on uh, vocal. Um, Layers. It's yeah. layers. It's three not all parts. of us exactly. Oh, it's like three different parts. It's not just one person singing, three people singing the same thing. It's right. Paul's doing one thing, um, Dwayne's doing another thing, I'm doing another thing, and it just comes together and it sounds really good. Who does that, man? These days, swirl, baby, swirl yeah. does it. Well, let me bring ask it back. <laughs> let me ask you instrumentally though. I mean, did you fall into bass, or did you consciously decide I want to be a bass player? My parents told me that if they were going to, if I w wanted to play guitar, I had to learn on the bass first. Okay. If you want. If you really want to play guitar, because I grew up on Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield, uh -huh. and people shredding and Jakey Lee and all that stuff, and I was like, I want to do that. And For I'm those like, well, kids listening, please explain who those people are. Fuck. Hey, really? man, it's 2018. It you never know. Right, well, boys and girls, Kirk <laughs> what Hammett is a guitar? and James Hetfield are in a little tiny unknown band called Metallica. <laughs> uh, Jakey Lee, I know Jakey Lee from Ozzy Osbourne, and that's it. But Dwayne <laughs> over there is going to talk about some other bands that he's in and all sorts of stuff. I know him from two kick-ass albums. But, you know, you'd see that. My brother would – my brother was a big metalhead, got me into metal. Yeah. And so I'd be uh, watching Iron Maiden videos and Ozzy Osbourne videos and Metallica videos, and I'm like, I want to do that. My parents said, if you want to learn it, first you have to learn bass. Yeah. And that was it. So It's I just an interesting take. Who who, who decides – I mean, that makes sense to a lot of musicians, but, you know, to be able to convince somebody that, that that's truly the thing to do. Most people – play guitar, learn guitar, figure out that they can't join any band because they suck on guitar, so they will retract and just be the bass player. But you, I, That's just how I fell into it. I started playing bass, and then I'd be playing bass with my dad, and so my dad would do all the, the high parts on the piano, and yeah. I just started falling into that groove, and then I started hanging out with drummers, and I started like loving just that thump and that kick yeah. and just that, the beat and get – I like doing the part that makes everybody bounce. I like doing that part, and then when I started getting into corn – and then you saw, like, in the 90s, you saw, like, these sea of people just bouncing to whatever the beat was. I was like, that's what that's what I got to be doing. Yeah, because you're, you're a huge part of that. It is the bass that gets people to dance. And you've got the groove, man. I mean, I had Thanks, the pleasure man. of working with you in the yeah. studio. And you, you don't play just the chord progressions, man. You've got these great walking bass lines that are very interesting. Oh, yeah. thanks. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. And I'll, I'll plug Emo because that was a great experience recording. And it was fun, them. dude. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Bam Bam, Brian yes. Jones, man. Yes. Uh, can I just say before, you know, before I ask you any questions, just what I experienced with Bam Bam when we had uh, Swirl in the studio. Uh, dude, you are definitely a one-take wonder. You, you, you came in. You didn't even need a practice take. The only thing you were waiting for was – the studio to get set up so that we had the sound right. But as soon as we hit record, man, it was one take and that's it. And that was, that was incredible, man. Was that just a fluke? Was that like a, or is that typically how you work? No, man, I spend, uh, I spend a lot of time away from the band practicing the parts. Um, you know, I, uh, I 
I am constantly playing. I think some of that has to do with the fact that I do teach drums as well. And so uh, I'm just throughout the day, I'm always doing drums and, and kind of like Shane said, where he's got that kind of rhythm, that vibe always kind of going through. That's how I am as a drummer. So, you know, it, it's always easy to spot the drummer in the room because the drummer's always moving. There's something tapping or whether it's his foot or something, there's always something going on. Do you have a kit in your house that you... No kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what's that like? I mean, does that drive the neighbors nuts or? or? Uh, as a matter of fact, no. Um, it's great because the neighbors will actually come out and stand in. The, I live in a cul-de-sac and they'll come out in the cul-de-sac and they'll just listen. What? So, no, it's actually really, really cool. That's so, very rare you get such no, support. No it's, no, it's very rare. I mean, the very first time that it happened, uh, you know, uh, I had uh, my daughter came in and said, hey, there's a bunch of people in the cul-de-sac while you're drumming right now. I'm like, oh, well, I guess the cops are coming. <laughs> and they go, no, it doesn't. It, no, they're just listening. And I go, are you serious? And so I got up, got out from behind the kit, went outside. And I'm like, is everything okay? They're all, what are you doing out here? We're just listening. Oh, and my God. I, was like, I go, are you serious? And they said, yeah. They go, please, man, play away. We have a drummer who lives behind you, but it didn't sound like that. <laughs> so, they had something to compare it to. Yeah, so it was very cool. So do you have music blaring at the same time, or are they listening to just like a 20-minute drum solo? Oh, no, it's just it's just drums. Yeah. It's just drums. I mean, I have stuff going on in my headphones that I'm listening to. But they can't to hear drums, that. But they can't hear that. So, no, it's just drums. So that's a testament to you, man. I mean, you do have a very interesting, like – style and it isn't just like your cookie cutter kind of i mean you you are pocket but you throw some interesting stuff in there man oh man thank you that's that's very cool i you know who do you take after who who was the catalyst to get you started um, well easily for me the the guy that i kind of branch everything off of is is the king for me which is buddy rich so um uh, for those I, little kids, uh, Buddy Rich, uh, just uh, you know, bottom line, the best in my opinion, the best beast. jazz drummer that ever lived. Jazz. So, um, so Buddy is just—he he was phenomenal, and his sticking, his foot control. He did things with his foot, single foot, that double bass players still can't do today. That's crazy. So, um, and and then you know the showmanship and. And for anybody who knows what drumming is, and you do a buzz roll, and, and it was a really, really tight roll on a snare drum that you hear a lot in marching band, and you know you see people, and they've got two hands, and they're flying doing that stuff. Well, Buddy was notorious, notorious for taking two hands and doing that, and then all of a sudden, he'd just take one away and put it behind his back, and it's still the exact same speed. Unbelievable. And, and I was like, that's just, that's unbelievable. So it, it, was, it was remarkable. So, you know, he got me into it, but, you know, from the rock world itself and drumming, I mean, by far it was Neil Peart. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, Neil was, uh, Neil's everything to me. I studied Neil like crazy. So, um, so I mean, there's just so many, there's so many different drummers. Uh, ironically enough, it was, it's actually a very, very funny story. Um, my, my sister actually tried to bring Rush to me. Um, and she was like, you've got to hear this band. And I refused to listen to them because I was a, just a diehard Kiss fan. Wow. And so I was like, no, I want nothing to do with this. And, uh, <laughs> and so needless to say, she, she, tried to, she tried to show me this. And I'm like, I, I, no, uh-uh. And so the next thing you know, um, my, my good friend uh, Marcus uh, introduced me to Rush and introduced me to an album called Hemispheres. Okay. And when he introduced me to that album, I was blown away by it and thought it was amazing and said, wow, this is, this is the best thing I've ever heard. And I sat there and kept listening to it, listening to it, and I'll never forget it because I walked in the door to my house and I said, I go, you know, I said to my sister, I said, Angie, check this out. There's this album. It's by Rush. It's called Hemisphere. She's like, you dumbass. I was trying to show you subdivisions a long time ago. <laughs> I'm like, 
oh, that's the same band? And she goes, yeah, it's the same band. I'm like, oh, well. she goes, I tried to show you this. I was like, oh, okay. Well. Cool sister. No, man. You know, it was, it was, it was really, it was really cool. But so, did, uh, have you ever sat down and like, kind of like how us, you know, guitarists and singers will like sing a cover? Did, would you ever do like a, like a drum cover of a? Of a Rush song? Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. Um, as a matter of fact, for years, I mean, I studied Neil like crazy, and so I would play in, in a couple of different bands, and we did Rush covers, we did YYZ, and we did Limelight, and Spirit of the Radio, and, and uh, Tom Sawyer, and all that stuff. So, yeah, we did we did a lot of that. Um, but, you know, ironically enough, for me, personally, I mean, a lot of drummers go back and they'll grab a lot of the things that, that Rush did in the 70s and in the 80s. Yeah. But for me, uh, there's a song by Rush called Bravo that I just personally believe is the best drumming Neil has ever done. And so um, so I worked on that song for a very long time, and that song took me forever to learn, to get the actual intricate part that he plays at the end of it. There, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's some pretty intricate stuff. Yeah, it really is. Do you guys ever cover Rush's Swirl? <laughs> covers. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no covers for Swirl? None of that. Dwayne, would, Dwayne, would you like to tell the story about when I asked if we could do a cover? Let's hear it. Dwayne. I believe it was Fuck No. <laughs> most of my stories go like that, although I will say this much. I've, you know, there's a couple things that in, in the conversation that you just had with Brian, there's one thing I, I, I learned that just now, and I'm like, hey, you know, our sister's an integral part of the story of, of our musical being because, and she's really... I guess adapt at, at knowing who needs what, yeah. because I just learned that Angie tried to bring Rush to Brian, <laughs> and he rejected it at the time. Whereas <laughs> she brought me a, uh, a a recording called "Out of the Cellar," and I hated it. I was like, "This is what was so bad about it." I, I was like, this is the, the guitar. I didn't like the guitar playing. I couldn't stand the, the vocals. I was yeah. like, this isn't working for me at all. Yeah. But ask me who my favorite rock band of the '80s was, and oh, lo and behold, it was it was Rat, and their <laughs> debut was Out of the Cellar. That's the way. That's the that's that's the recording she brought me. So for the listeners that that haven't picked up on this, y you share the same sister because you guys are brothers. Yes, yes. Yeah. Crazy how and that works. And we're related. Too. <laughs> yes, and related. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. So who's the older brother? I mean, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, as long as you know. <laughs> we're gonna let people figure that out on the road. Is it obvious to you guys? I mean, do they act like the older and the younger brother, or is it hard to tell the difference between the two if you guys didn't know? I thought they were twins. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's because we all look alike. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's what, that's what, that's what they say. Uh, well, because no, the reason why I, I ask, I mean, as far as my younger brother, my younger brother acts older than I do. I act like a complete child. So a lot of people are like, wait a minute, you're, you're older than this well, guy? Dude, emo, emo, we're all musicians. We all act like children. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to play that. I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. I'm not loud I'm, enough. I'm not going on until nine until I get my... <laughs> you know, the other, the other Brian-related story, you touched on it a little bit when you talked about the recording session that we did here. Yeah. Um, I, I think I told you about this one because this was a studio session that we did... Um, another location out in um, Wildemar. Required two studios to do it. Um, and the, 
the great thing about it, we did a five song EP, so self-titled, Swirl EP, and three of the songs Plug. ended up in a uh, in a movie called called Ditch Day and and, and all that good stuff. It's cool. out now, and and that's all well and good, but we're going to do the recordings. <laughs> Brian schedules a session to go and track the drums. Yeah. And I remember getting a call from the the producer uh, at the studio, and he's like, "What time are you coming down?" Um, what are you talking about? Well, Brian's tracking drums. Are you and Shane coming down to to <laughs> play along? Or no? <laughs> and he doesn't talk much about it, but this is something that is very impressive to to <laughs> drummers, musicians, whatever. He tracked all the songs without the band there. <laughs> and the great thing is, I remember talking to the engineer who did the sessions. He was like, you know what? We did it one time, and I said something wasn't right, so we need to go back and do it again. Mm -hmm. Every fill, every hit, exactly the same, to the point where he asked him if he had even bothered to play the second time around. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how much... That's how much preparedness Brian brings to the table, which is a big part of why we sound the way we do and why what I have no problem saying, you know, look, eh, there's all kinds of personality. There's all kinds of energy. There's all kinds of, you know, eh, there's business savvy. There's this, there's that, and the other. But make no mistake about it. The, the, the foundation of this whole thing, I, I, Brian's the best musician in the band. It's amazing. I, I mean, no problem saying that. And it's all about, in my world anyway, yeah. trying to make sure that I – don't screw it up, and I get my playing to you know his standard. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, out of out of respect for what he does, yeah, that makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. Sure. I mean, sure. for those listeners that don't get it, when you go in a studio, you need what's called a scratch track. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, most people do. Yeah. Most people do. And Probably it every like band. Uh, every band would. And and you know, like you touched on, you know, he, he's 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 very much in the pocket. This is kind of the the, the Brian moment of the of the interview session. <laughs> he's very much in the pocket, but he's not playing your standard stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you go and listen, it's he's not playing for the sake of showing off, but it's just part of his personality. Yeah, it's almost melodic. And he tracks it that way, yeah. whether you're there or not. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's actually kind of fun to work with somebody who has that kind of confidence and the, the skill set to go ahead and play that way. Totally, because you can focus on your craft and not worry. Which okay. became apparent early on, because the thing Brian left out of the story um, about how we got started with this whole thing is he is a failed guitar player. Oh, no kidding. Make <laughs> no mistake about it. Yes, yeah, very much so. Because that was your first pick. Yeah, well, basically, I just wanted to be Ace Frehley. <laughs> long story short, I wanted to be Ace Freely. So, so for those of you, uh, for those of our listeners that don't know who uh, Ace Freely is, Google every name <laughs> of everybody that we mentioned. Because if you're listening to this and you don't know Kiss, turn it off, Google, and then come back and listen. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm very much a failed drummer. I thought I was going to be playing drums to begin with, and no that was, was what it was all about for me. I was like, and then and you guys made the switch because we heard each other play our respective first choices and went, "All right, look, knock that shit off. That you, take, you, you take this, <laughs> and I'll take this, and we just promised to never do that around each other again." <laughs> and it just kind of became a thing. I know that, interestingly enough, Shane said, "You know, for him just to to get to play guitar." He had to learn to play bass. Yeah. Well, I started out on violin. Huh. And a buddy brought me a Kiss record. And I remember, I'll never forget, my, my dad, uh, my parents, had, had rented a violin for like two years. Yeah. 
and they're you know and, and I'd stuck with it. And so finally at the point where they were like, you know, you're sticking with this thing. I tell you what, let's go ahead and buy it. And I was like, right on. Yeah, let's do this, man. I love this. And then my buddy Paul shows up with a Kiss record. And I remember going upstairs. There's no violins on this. Well, and that was the thinking. <laughs> that was the thinking at the time. And then I remember going upstairs and making the announcement that I was no longer a violinist. I was a guitar player. And yeah. my dad yeah. was like, you're the only, you're going to be the first guitar player without a guitar. <laughs> I just bought you that violin. So consequently, here, you know, years later, yeah. um, the success of the band and this, this, the, my own luck and determination and, and whatever you want to call it, you know, parents never bought a guitar, but yet there's like 20 plus guitars at the house because of sponsor that apparently I do it well enough <laughs> totally. that there's people that, you know, want to watch you to play their instruments. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but it was one of those things. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of, it's weird how it, how it came together. Would you, uh, or when was the last time you ever picked up the violin? Well, here's the thing. They, they, they well, father's gone now, but, uh, um, sorry to hear that. They still have it. Oh, they do? <laughs> so the last time I was, actually, I think the last time I touched the violin was in Reno. And it's that, not just a violin, that violin. <laughs> it was, went to visit, and it was under the bed in the guest room. <laughs> you, you just know, pulled it out. Just in case you ever <laughs> decide you want to go back, because we own it now. <laughs> just, just in case you want to throw a violin solo <laughs> right. in your next record. <laughs> but that thing has traveled, because, you know, you talk to Alfred about, you know, if he's always been here in Southern California, you yeah. know, I mean, look... It, I was born in Iowa. Yeah. Brian was born in Montana. Oh, um, cool. Six months after I was born, it was off to Okinawa because father was re- was retired. It was was military. It was Air Force. Oh, wow. And spent the bulk of our years being raised in Anchorage, Alaska. Wow. And so finally, all the kids graduated and you know all that good stuff. And yeah. so mom was like, "All right, well, I'm out of this Alaska stuff. I got to go." So. Well, coming from a military family, I mean, was there any pushback as far as your ambitions to pursue music? No, that was the one thing that I tell people all the time is is the hugest part about it. They allowed for they were very real, you yeah. know, about oh, look, here's your chances. Yeah. You know, you you need a fallback plan and of course the argument was always look, if I if I spend any ounce of, of effort on the fallback plan, then that's not effort that I'm putting towards the thing that I want to do. Yeah. And they were cautious mm. but supportive. Never you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. It'll never happen. And I'll never forget coming back to Alaska um, that first year after I ended up in the Charvel Jackson catalog as an artist with my sponsorship and picture and all that good stuff. Amazing. And that was a Christmas present for them. <laughs> and they were like, over the moon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's cool how you described it as not strict or lenient, but more just realistic. They yeah. just let you know what the realities were. Yeah. I think know. that's I think that's something that most parents kind of forget about. Uh, they almost want to just scare somebody into uh, deciding not to do it, but they just gave you the full picture. Sure, and you know, I I, I think that that's an important. I mean, I'm never going to try and tell anybody else how to parent, but I know for myself that's a big deal. Is is I don't want to tell a kid you can't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Be realistic about your chances. Understand that if you want to do something that's a little um, out of the out of the box and extraordinary, I guess, no. according to somebody else, understand the amount of effort involved and be willing to put that time in. Yeah. If you're willing to do that, then yeah, you can accomplish it. But you got to get beyond talking about it and actually do the work. If you're willing to do the work, then you can do it. It's fine. Being in a band is a lot of work. Oh, it's a ton. Yeah. It's a ton. I mean, we've had people that are in... Actually, you're the first band that came in. We've had... 
artists come in and it's hard enough trying to manage their own careers, but can you kind of describe how you kind of put this band together and what, what being in a band entails? Well, at this point, look, we, this lineup is, this is 10 years. I wow. Mean, and, and that's the thing that just kind of blows people away. I mean, it is a lot of work to put, the, to find the right people and keep it together. You, it's a balancing act because you, you also have to know, I mean, we all have friends that have bands that, you know, you go and you see them and they're really excited and they're gung-ho and six months later there's a lineup change or they're, they're out of that band, that band's broken up and all yeah, that good stuff. Right. So you, you really have to know when you have to be around each other, but you have to give each other enough space to, to get away from each other and do their own thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an important part of how we've been able to make this work for, for 10 years because, I mean, look, we are uh, – well, up until April, late April of this year, you know, we were an unsigned band for 10 years. You know, we were – you know, we self-managed, self-produced for the most part. Um, we we booked our own stuff and put ourselves out on tours and and all that good stuff and that's a there's a lot that comes with that. Dude, and that all that actually leads to another thing that I wanted to say was you know the getting a, the the right lineup together. You also have to make sure you know the people that you can be around as well, like yeah. not just in within the band but outside of the band because there was a time when we were out on tour and the people that we were out on tour with were affecting us internally. Oh. We were like almost yeah. at each other's throats mm -hmm. with the people that we were hanging out with. No kidding. It was just like, yeah. So yeah. as soon as we got home, decompressed, came back, and we all just kind of knew right away, it's like we're never going out with them again. <laughs> wow. Ever, ever again. Because just the, sh the stuff that that, that – it can We're be infectious, yeah. Yeah, it's it. it so it almost like almost pinned you guys against each other, huh? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's crazy. Because look, I mean, in you want you know the the glorified hey here's the big tour bus and yeah. you know everything for you and somebody does this and somebody takes care of this and you got you know it ain't like that when you're starting out you're paying your dues you're earning it so yeah. you are literally you know living in and out of each other's pockets trying to trying to make it all happen you wow. know and and. You know, I have no problem telling everybody we spent a solid year, fifty thousand miles, running around in the U.S. in a forty Econoline van oh or various fifteen passenger forty Econoline vans in the U-Haul trailer. What the year was that? Struggle is real. Oh nine, oh eight. Yeah, I yeah. remember. I remember at two in the morning, waking up in Pennsylvania, and these these it was. I think it was it was in the summer, and uh, we were in a truck stop, and we had pulled off, and it's two in the morning, and I'm just like can't sleep and this <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't driving at all i'd always yeah. find some excuse like oh, i'm way too tired i'm way too drunk yeah <laughs> but now it's like two in the morning and we have to be in new york in like nine hours and yeah. we're already in pennsylvania but it's two in the morning and i'm just bored out of my mind i can't sleep anymore <laughs> fuck it turn on the van and just start driving me i'll wake no. up like holy crap i recall <laughs> a different story <laughs> <laughs> i was driving and i was so exhausted and shane was the only one who wasn't driving so <laughs> I go, dude. You have to drive, man. I'm so tired. I can't. I, I cannot drive. Well, anymore. no, because you and I got and up I, and we went into the. We yeah, went into but the I was so exhausted because I can't. I was just tired. I know I, we were. Stopped. I took a ton of five-hour five energy. I took drinks. a. I took a backpack. You should have bought five-hour energies. <laughs> rock stars. So I was drinking coffee, rock stars, and five-hour energies, and I was still falling asleep. Oh my god! Were but, you starting to but see? But Shane, Shane went from like novice to like professional because he drove us all the way <laughs> into Times Tunnel. Square. <laughs> <laughs> and Times Square is the hardest place to drive. You're like, 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 dude, you're, you're doing good. All these, all these, all these taxis, all these taxis honking in the Lincoln Tunnel, and all I'm saying is like, roll down the windows, like, I'm in a fucking van. You're in a taxi.
Roxy, I win. After that Times Square ride, he became a champ and he Told was a bro. pro. He was like, oh, no worries. So did the so did the Connor line break down at all? Were there any car problems? No, the van never no, broke no. down. The trailer had a couple issues. What do you um, mean? The lock froze the, one time. We we had to get someone to snap th- it off. And there was a wheel issue, and then we yeah, did have to right. take it. We did have to take it for an oil change at one point. We're somewhere, I don't know, Indiana or something. Yeah. We need to get yeah. an oil change. I did learn in New York that um, that Dwayne's scared of heights. No way. <laughs> Which How did you find that out? There is a bridge where the lane is actually on the outside of the bridge. And where, you know, a truss bridge, oh. you've got all this, like, big, huge steel surrounding you uh-huh. when you're on the inside lanes. There's two <laughs> lanes on the outside of that. And he's in the dri- he's in the passenger seat, and I'm driving. And I'm just, like, driving, like, and I, you know, wine-handed, and I'm listening to this, this is the radio. I was like, hey, Dwayne, this is a really – Dwayne, are you all right? And he's like, just get me off this fucking bridge, dude. <laughs> 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 I, will, I will laugh and joke with you once we're off this bridge. The fearless the re- bridge. leader. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been asleep because I would have been the same way. <laughs> Funny you mentioned sleep. Yeah. I, between Shane and Al, I'm not sure how the story came about, but I here's we're gonna go down memory lane about some road stories. Okay, <laughs> I woke up to Shane driving, wow. which hadn't happened at all on the tour. Oh. I was, I was <laughs> nicknamed some Jedi mind. What? I was okay. I was nicknamed Rip Van Winkle because I was always asleep in the van. I was yeah. just out. Oh yeah. Well, but when the first tw- the first run started, <laughs> yeah, we know Brian and I are. are Getting the stuff together, we're down in Temecula and we're coming up this way. I'll never forget. I, I, we went to pick up Al. Mm-hmm. Eddie was the singer, you know. So you get the the idea that, and we got so. First of all, when people ask me how we managed to be a band for ten years and mm-hmm. what they should do, I, you know, I can't tell you what you should do, but I can tell you what we did. Yeah. The first thing I I tell people is here's what you here's what you ought to do. Whether it's four, five, six, however many people are in your van, mm-hmm. put it in a van in a little metal tube and go down the road for ever two months. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you can still stand to be around each other, then you have the nucleus to form a band. And, you know, the, the writing of the songs and all that, th- that yeah. will come, but yeah. there's no point in writing songs with people that you can't stand to be around. Right. So yeah. first things first, make sure you can actually stand to be around each other. Yeah. So in the getting to know you honeymoon phase of things, uh-huh. I get to um, Pasadena area to pick up Singer. And we've never toured together. We're getting ready to go. And how long? What, just a few months together before you? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it, was, it was one of those things where we got together, decided to, they, they had a project. I basically pulled Alfred out of that project to do recording for, of a couple songs. The songs turned into tour offers, and then it was okay. We need a bass player. Let's go, let's grab chain. Oh shit! I got a tour. Now I need a band. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not the first time that that's happened to me. But you know, we get ready to to leave on the first tour, and go to get Alfred. And you know, he's a generous guy. He'll give you the shirt off his back. He, you know, there's but there's lines. There's things that Alfred will do and things that Alfred won't do. And I'm learning what they are. Yeah. He gets to the van and hands me a bunch of five-hour energies. <laughs> and I'm like, uh. And then goes to the back and lays down. <laughs> I'm like, I know you don't think I'm driving home. <laughs> Good luck. Home, James. Home. <laughs> you will be behind the wheel from time. I'm talking to Brian. I'm like, this motherfucker. 
Do you know what this fool is? <laughs> and, and I flipped him a silver dollar. King. <laughs> and keep the radio down. Well, here's please. the thing. I mean, he's Buy yourself something nice. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's the singer, man. He's got to protect his voice. Exactly. He's got to sleep. And oh. driving has nothing to do with that. <laughs> Once again, he's not the one yelling out going, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> well, did your voice get affected with all the transportation and, I mean, just the uncomfortable sleeves. You know, I I got sick a couple times, but uh, yeah, there was one time we were at New Jersey and it was cold. But you know, the the, the temperatures and everything were cha- constantly changing. It was cold. My voice was like completely hoarse. I'm like, shit, how am I gonna sing? How am I gonna sing tonight? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, because it was like gone. It was like gone, you were gone. nervous in Detroit. I remember that one. Yeah, but because I was like, because I was like, how am I gonna be able to sing? Because my, you know. And I started talking to the uh, bartender owner of uh, Dingbats. And she goes, oh, I got the perfect thing for you. And she gave me this thing called, it was called Bearmeister. It's like honey and Jägermeister together. Huh. And it worked wonders. I was no kidding. Up. I was gone by the time the show played. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it works. I think, I think, but my voice, <laughs> my voice is stellar. <laughs> how, how many? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I that was singing. just on my head. She just kept on giving to me. And I was like, did you guys ever keep any video or any of that? Do you guys have documentation of that? Oh, there's a ton of footage out there. I've, we've oh, seen yeah. it. Yes. And, and all Please that good destroy stuff. It. Oh, good. You know? good. Oh, yeah. Any behind the scenes, like off stage? Oh, no. We don't keep that stuff. <laughs> 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 we, didn't, we didn't have anybody cataloging us. Or <laughs> yeah. like we'd rather, rather no one know about exactly. this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to bring your drum kit with you. I mean, it wasn't like they had a back line. Yeah. Dr- yep. Absolutely. We provided the. Ba- Are you yeah. kidding me? On all yeah. those tours, that that's that how we got on the tours. Yeah. We had to promise that we were going to drive the third band. Uh huh. It was it was the 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 headliners. Then who were the headliners? Band. The headliner was this band. This no, band. well, I can no, talk about. No, talk it, it, it varied because like there's five tours. Okay. So it always yeah. varied. In four of the tours, we it were always the first of three. We were always the first of three. We part of the agreement we had with the booking agent was we would cart band two in our Ford Econoline van with us. And, and then the trailer was where the the back line was. So we would, we were the roadies as well as the first band up because we'd show up at the venue, we'd load in. Then band two would come in and sound check. After the headliner first wow. would sound check, then band uh-huh. two would sound mm-hmm. check, and then if there was time, we'd get a line check on our own gear. Oh nice. my god! And, you know, then the show is over. Mm-hmm. We do the merch, and then as soon as that's over and it's time to close the club down, they Break got down. cars that take them to oh, the yeah, hotels, we had to and we were breaking down the gear, and and and, uh, and you know, look, I'm, it is what it is, and of it, course we sign up for it, and yeah. it's fine. But yeah. you know, when you're in Wichita. In Detroit, in was cold. December, right? And, and it's you three leave feet of snow. the van running all night, and just fill it with you know, fill it up because and you get to turn the heater on because there's just that's there's it's no that hotel cold. room, right? That's that's how we were living on those first couple tours, and it's just you know, and then you have to drive to the hotel to pick up band two and pick them up and then get them yeah, to the next band because we had to get them at the from home. their you know, beautiful hotel rooms and, and all that stuff while we've been freezing our ass off. And and one that's, of, that's at one time, so they were magnanimous, and the, the second band said, Hey. Why don't you bunk with us tonight? I was like, oh, awesome, thanks. And we get in there, it's like, you can get that little corner of the floor there. Oh, my you God. You can have that corner of the floor there. And Twain's like, I got that corner. Golf <laughs> <laughs> dips on corners. Let me clarify, too, because, you know, you know the situation, it, 
what you might believe to be a beautiful hotel room, be given your situation, you, mm-hmm. look, dude, it it's was, all relative. It was, it was <laughs> Motel Six. It's super yeah. great. Oh yeah, exactly. yeah man. But Which, when, I'm not again, complaining. When you're in a van, <laughs> it is a beautiful hotel room. Wait a minute, they have a door. They have pillows. <laughs> Holy crap! Are There's that, a bathroom. Is that I running, can shower is, tonight. Is that running water? <laughs> So would any of them offer to drive? Because because you're saying you picked no, them up. No, 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 no. They're always in no. the back. That was part of it. You know, we were driving them around, so it was uh, always you yeah. know we were the drivers. And I, I mean, to be able to do all that and still be able to perform because you guys are a high energy band. I mean, if you guys yeah. were something like, well, I don't want to say whom, but I mean, right. there you know there are bands out there that are quite sleepy. I mean, we're not, there's no looking at the tops of our shoes when we're on stage. Right. Say that right yeah, now. Exactly. yeah, I know how my shoes look. I'm exactly. Good. We're no, all, but, we're very much about the entertainment. Yeah, yeah. and plus obvious. I think yeah you know. I think everyone would agree with me. We all genuinely like our songs, and I don't know how many times we've already played these tunes. We just enjoy playing these tunes, yeah. and we enjoy, you know, performing for the audience, mm-hmm. and we like interacting afterwards. I mean, um, one of the things, that, one of the other things that happen, aside from you know, because we have to do everything ourselves, we have to sell our own merch. So we have to break down, we have to pack up all the gear, and we have to sell our merch. We actually had a schedule. Mm-hmm. So tonight, and it's always, Al is always going to be at the merch. Yeah. Al's the lead singer, front Singers man, has got to be there. So always got to be there. So tonight, Brian and Shane, you guys are going to break down. Tomorrow night, Dwayne and Brian, you're going to break down. Then the other night, Dwayne, Shane, you guys are going to break down. Gotcha. So it's very, but it's difficult because Dwayne is, Dwayne is like a Tetris champ. So mm. I'll, I have no problem breaking down, but Dwayne needs to show us how to load all the gear in because right. uh-huh. if I do it, we can't shut this door. Right. So like, and then you know, none of us knows how to pack up, pack app up his, uh, Brian's kit. I figured. So, so I I learned real quick how to tear down, but then I'm standing there going, "Okay, Brian, what goes where?" <laughs> 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 so you mentioned that one of the times you had to like break open the the door. Of the well, the, the lock trailer? throws where you get the key where you put the key in for uh-huh. the lock to be uh, the U-Haul trailer. So, so what did you have to? Bu- out. Yeah, they had, so we got someone who's. And then what? You just bought a new lock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, but it didn't damage That's the door. How I mean, cold you got- it was. It was. Oh yeah, no, no, it didn't damage anything. So, uh, so nothing broke. Nothing broke down as far as the equipment or or the gear. Luckily, no, no, no yeah. gear issues. I mean, look, we didn't take ratty gear on the road. We, you know, I mean, the band sponsors, band sponsored, the band has endorsements. So we go out, you know, I mean, I, I had no problem saying it. I, I would call up Mesa and say, hey, we have this tour for five weeks. We're home for three weeks. We got another tour. They were quick to go, all right, go over to, you know, this studio um, and grab gear. Oh, cool. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I got the nickname Staple Center on the first tour because, you know, it's a club tour. Yeah. But I'm bringing like you know five stacks, five. There's, like, there's oh my cabinets God, all over the place. There's road cases with two or three amp heads in there. Oh, I love it. He's got you a know. stack of these Mesa cabs, and so it just looks like a wall. Like, oh, if he is Mr. Staple Center, and I'm over here rocking my four eights. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also we know how to work on a shoestring budget, so we take care of all the gear as well. Yeah. Um, Dwayne's never changed a set of strings. There no was, way. No, there was like one of the first shows when we went into Utah, and I remember this. I was like shocked as hell. He, something's wrong with his guitar. He's got to fix it. So yeah. he's sitting there, and he he's got a bolt on. Uh, all of his necks are bolt on necks. So he's unscrewing the bolts on the back with the strings on. <laughs> and he takes off the bolt and he fixes like the truss rod or something, and then proceeds to put it back on. <laughs> strings intact. <laughs> and then he's like, and he's just shining them up, and he's tuning them up, plays it, does a little thing, some intonation, and he's good to go. He's perfect. He's like. <laughs> I would never have done that. I would have been like, oh, I gotta take these strings off, gotta do this, gotta do that. Not Dwayne. He's like, never changed the set. <laughs> well, but see, here's the thing. 
I change them before we go out. But I take so many guitars when I go that I only have to use a guitar for like two songs. Right. Tonight. Switch it off. Right. So, you know, there's very little mileage on the strings by the time the tour is over. That makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like the uh, guitar version of a hybrid car using two separate uh, engines. Using there you the, go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So do you, do you guys still use the same brand of guitars as you were 10 years ago? Oh, do yeah. I'm, I'm not. I have no interest in, in leaving Charlotte. I love them. Yeah, I got uh, yeah. I got endorsed after the first couple of tours, so I moved from Ernie Ball to uh, Spectre. It's a beautiful instrument. It is. It's very beautiful. What do you Would think you of the? Uh, yeah, there are other are there, there other bases there, that you prefer. There, you know, you know, <laughs> you, uh, you know we, we've got we've got a lot of options. Around. Oh look, look what we have in the studio. We've got a. I'm uh, not gonna disparage we, we, whatever you like because who knows what happens in the future. You know, it is a very Sounds very nice. It sounds amazing. What are you talking about? The music man? Sounds amazing. Oh, the music. Oh, oh, no, no. oh, Ernie oh, Ball you again. The... I love OLPs and Ernie Ball. Oh, you're great. talking about this this little guy right here. The uh, the the oh, Steinberger. The yeah. Listen, if you want, <laughs> yeah. if you yeah. want, I can talk to them for you about yeah, possibly oh, endorsing you. you. Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough one, man. Yeah. These guys are very selective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to think what? of, to think of a nice we've way. We've talked to about the, the we've talked about the bass. Let's uh, talk about Brian's drums. <laughs> uh, have you, Brian, your drums? Have you always been? Uh, Are you? Have you always been with Alesis? Have you always <laughs> been with? Yeah. Exactly. Is the DM5 your go-to rig? <laughs> it seems like it's not that complicated to tear down. I don't know what the big deal is, guys. Exactly. <laughs> He's, uh, he doesn't use sticks. He's a he uses a paintbrush. He's endorsed with Home Depot. <laughs> yes, very much so. Well, so you are so used to playing on a live kit. What was the, what was the last time you've uh, had to downgrade to a to a kit like this one? Um, I think the last time I was uh, here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the last time that I actually did play on something like this. Dude, I'm an acoustic guy. It's just it's oh yeah. So. Oh, dude. I mean, it is your sound. So for our listeners who don't know, uh, we actually asked the band to come in and not worry about bringing all their gear. We have stuff here. Uh, and so just to make things easier for setup and teardown, we actually have Bam Bam on an electronic kit. So it's kind of weird to see you behind one. But uh, before we get to hearing you guys live, I want to hear what you guys are up to. I mean, I know we, we had you in the studio. Um, and I know you mentioned uh, uh, Ditch Day. So why don't we go back to your first EP and what was that like? And then, you know, how, how we got to, to the lift. Well, what was the recording like? What has been like, uh, like, been like since the release of? How we got well, to the lift. Well, like? No, the question is how we got to the lift. Um, gosh, we were like, we were recording the five piece and then suddenly I, I got a call. It, there was this thing about a movie going on. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely, why not? <laughs> I have no problem with this, but it's been pretty much all all Dwayne and Brian. They really put it together. Great job putting it into Ditch Day because well, it's it's a it's a great movie. Brian is the the network king, and so you know he was actually jamming with another band, and the singer from that band is married to the writer of Ditch Day, so took the demo from the recording sessions to her. She played it for her husband. Her husband was like, okay, I really like this. Mm -hmm. Takes it to the producer. And next thing you know, we were like, God, it would be great if we could just get one song in a film. That would be awesome. That would be an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Well, it turned out that we became the featured artist for the film and, and all that. And so, but you, here's what we've learned about this. So the independent music business is not that different than the independent film business. Mm. Uh, there are delays. 
Uh-huh. There's budgets that you need to have in order to make things happen. So there was a, quite a bit of time that passed between when we agreed to license the song into the film and then the film went through what it needed to go through in order to get to the point where it was finally picked up by a distributor and released. Yeah. So, you know, again, part of how do you keep a band together when you know what the potential is for things as soon as you you take that next step, but then there's things out of your control. And those are things that, you know, they, they can they can break bands. Yeah, because it can create frustration. And, and you know, I, I'm quick to point out that I, I have a lot of, I had it before, um, but I have just an, a, an incredible amount of respect and admiration for the guys I work with. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, because I won't say lesser. It, it, in other bands, it would never have worked. Yeah, it would never have worked. That's just all there is to it. Um, what was the name of the song that, that that ended up being the the flagship song for? Ditch well, Day? we've got three in there. Um, we are alive, which is in the sex scene of the movie scene. Really, and my favorite. There you go. Have you have you seen the movie? Yes, I have. I have. I love that movie. That dude's <laughs> creepy. Very much so. <laughs> anybody anybody who has not seen Ditch Day, I know you can see it on. Is it Amazon? Yeah, it's Amazon. on Amazon. Right? Yeah. yeah. And if you, it's out in six countries, if you are in the Midwest of the United States, it's actually in some stores now. It's, a, it's on, on the shelves. We just found that relatively recently. Incredible. Um, so. You know, they keep growing in terms of what's happening with the distribution wise. Yeah. Um, I, I keep receiving contact, whether it's email or, or you know, phone calls or whatever. Um, Speaking of, man, you guys are great communicating with your fans. It's uh, oh, thanks. That's really a great thing that you well, guys look, do. Well, look, here's the thing that's proven to us time and time again because, like, for example, right now it's June 5th. Yep. We just found out two days ago we were considered the band of the month for. Um, an internet, a rather large internet radio station, and, wow. it, and we were part of five, five bands. It was a quote unquote battle of the bands over a ten day period. But yeah. all, all I do when I get notifications about things like that is I put it online to the fans and say, "Hey, I need you guys to call in, vote, you know, do your text, thing, do whatever." Yeah, and the band then you know shares it, so that, that helps it to grow. Everybody in the band is is on social media now and, and does their part, and I, then I get phone calls uh, or texts or emails from you know the station managers of these places there and and yep you guys completely slaughtered everybody else that was involved. <laughs> you know my what favorite support man great I, uh, we were doing a for five weeks in a row we were involved with a, a there's a DJ who. Mm-hmm has a podcast and and it's pretty big and he's doing his thing and he's like you know what I've got a uh, it's not a battle of the bands because every you know every band says they're great this that, and the other it's a battle of the fans huh. so I want to know what your fans are about everybody says they got fans let's find out so he he for five weeks he put us up against another act um, and for four of those weeks another independent unsigned band you know it was like oh, okay and he hit me up after the voting periods, like a Thursday to Thursday. He'd hit me up on Friday morning and be like, um, well, that was a 700 to 1 ratio. You guys <laughs> slaughtered him oh here. Oh, my God. You slaughtered him there. And we, we've, you notice in this interview so far, we've been very, very careful not to mention other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to break that mode here because this is the moment where I'm going to tip my hat to the, the our fan base, which is the Swirl Society, because we – were put against a 
very popular band right now on the rise called uh, From Ashes to New. And they have a song called Crazy. And our song, The Lift, was pitted against their song From Ashes to New. and Or their song Crazy from this band From Ashes to New. And during the week-long call-in, text-in voting process, that band was playing Rock on the Range. That band was playing Carolina Rebellion. Wow. And <coughs> our fans took them down anyway. Ha <laughs> ha! Good, man. David versus Goliath. I, so when people say, God, you know, nobody knows who you guys are, and this, that, I, that's, there's no truth that's to that. That's not true. Our fans are way too vocal and supportive for anybody to say that. So, and, you know, Everybody in the band here understands, respects that, and appreciates it. We're always quick to point out, as Shane had said, you know, it's paramount to us that when we get off stage. It's, it's, hey, man, we got to make sure we're we're with absolutely our people. we're with our people. And, I will, and I will even never forget that uh, during that five week voting um, thing, Dwayne calls me and he's just laughing, and I go, I go, what's wrong? And I go, what's what's happening? And he goes, um, dude. The Swirl fans, they, they crashed the server. Uh -huh. I, go, I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, they crashed the server. And he said, so it's over with. I mean, it's supposed to be from, you know, a Thursday to a Thursday. And it was only two days in. And the guy just said, you know, he goes, this is unbelievable. And he goes, you guys have crashed the server. He goes, the other band has no chance. So we're just going to, you know, let it let it fizz out for the next You already won. Let's let's let it fizz out <laughs> for the next. Let it go, three dude. Days, just, and, <sighs> and then we'll get you back up, and we'll have you go against somebody else. Wow! I just, I just fell in love. I was like, wow, that's that's that is insane. Must feel great to have that kind of support. I mean, and you guys have certainly earned it. And because. when you think of when you think about like again, like going back to when we started and we were going out, and uh, you know, Dwayne said like we didn't have we 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 weren't getting funding. We weren't being paid to go out. We need to do this and this and this in order to go out. The way we got from gig to gig was we had to go out with our CDs to these people after we were done going, hey, what would you think of us? Hey, what would you think of us? Hey, would you like to buy this? Hey, would you like to get this? Hey, Good would job. you like to do this? You know what? We can put – you can give you a CD and a poster and a shirt for this much and this. And so we're going out actively trying to find them. Amazing. And as – Time progresses. Now we're, you know, we get asked to go play the whiskey, and then we're done with our set. Drop off the gear, go upstairs, try to decompress, and now that's kind of nice. Hey, yeah. I really liked how you sound, and I like this, I like that. You so it's more reactive cool. than so proactive, which yeah. is so much more know, comforting. But the, in the entire time, it's just been really cool to see that have start having more people come up to us, and even if it's it seems like awkward, yeah. like someone just wants to tell you that you guys were really good and yeah. then that's it and then we're standing here going what's your name what do you what do you listen to what are you into were you, <laughs> did you come here to see us and then they're like i didn't know you were gonna ask me these it <laughs> <laughs> throws them off all I, all, I, all I knew was to tell you guys that i really liked you <laughs> like, so like oh man now i'm hanging out with this it's like yeah absolutely hang out with us man oh yeah we're, don't ever forget something yeah. like that say it all the time man i see myself every day i know about me what i need to know is about you yeah <laughs> <laughs> well put well we do want to know about you guys so i mean best way to know about how you guys tick is maybe we can hear you guys play a song i want to hear something off of ditch day all right <coughs> I remember this <coughs> Your boots, you got the suits, the attitude from the outside. And all the right moves. House on the hill, another shot, another pill. Whatever it takes just to make it through the day. Handcuffed in gold, you've been bought, you've been sold. Can't complain for the money you slave. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we fall. 
I was like getting tired of it. <laughs> I was like, can we do that on this song? Because I want to do this or I want to do that. And we started doing this uh, 
this middle part because we started getting started getting a little bit more popular. And so I want to do this thing where it was like after the solo, I want to bring it down and, and just be like, you know, do this just a just a bass right. line, do uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I want Al to be like, I want everybody to say, rise up. Ah, oh, that wasn't good enough. We're gonna do it one more time. And in the middle of play, and then that was, now we've been doing that for like the last eight months. And so now in the middle of it, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> 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 like, we're doing the live <laughs> version here, and this ain't the live version. Amazing. How does the, record, how does the like, studio record exactly, go again? Exactly. Like, how does, how did the recording one go? Did we go right back into the shit? Can we fly in some rise up <laughs> chants? But you know, here's the great thing about it: playing that song live now, it's it, on top of the success of the lift. It's created a situation in the middle of the set because we have those two songs back to back. That that call and response of rise up yeah. gets pretty loud. It's, I can only which imagine, is, which is very, which is is very rewarding. Dude, and I, I mean, with your soaring vocals, man, it's it's great how, how you really take command of those vocals. Um, oh, yeah, thanks. yeah. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm in the walking bass line, big fan. I'm a bass player myself, so that over that solo. Oh, really? What kind of bass do you play there? Well, <laughs> uh, if you happen to ask, I, I play uh, I play this one brand that has the best pickups on the planet ever. Uh, you might, if you want. Hey, listen, maybe the next song you can't you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're more than welcome to play it on the next song, dude. I mean, it's up uh, to you. you know, I, as I, much as I try, I just uh, <laughs> can't, uh, can't bring myself to do it. Shane would absolutely love to do that, but we the ha- endorsement situation prevents him from being able yes. to do that. So yes. I can't take a picture of you playing the Steinberger and just you blast it? You can take all the pictures you want. If you blast it, we have problems. <laughs> <laughs> For more than one reason. But that is not Shane. That is my brother Sean. <laughs> <laughs> he likes Steinbergers, so. Well, let's let's move on to to the lift because I know a lot of our listeners um, they're Granted Records fans, and so they've been they've been very they've been very much in tune with what's been going on. And you guys were the oh, first. <laughs> they've been great. so they knew um, they knew how we'd started, and you guys came in probably on our third week uh, since opening and you guys obviously were our first band coming in uh, and 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 producing so uh, they hold you guys very near and dear to their hearts so I think I think this is probably gonna be their favorite um, episode oh, because they don't yeah because all they know great experience thank you well all they know really is 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 the song and I think it'd be great to kind of lend some background as to what happened even prior to granted being uh, part of you guys's story I mean how did how did the lift come about well that's a you know we just played rise up from ditch day which the producer of ditch day hit up uh, she gave me a call actually and she says hey so I just met a, a a studio owner and he's looking for a rock band to record you know some he wants a rock band to record and we were at a point where with the release of the Swirl EP and the release of the movie, you know, we, we had done a full year of promotion. And so we were all kind of like, all right, this is cool. We want to add to, you know, we want to move on. More, you know? please. We wanna, yeah, more. Yeah. We want to record some new material. We're writing stuff. And we want to, you know, s- take the next step. Yeah. You know, after you spend a year working on things, yeah. you know, the same things, you go, all right, time to move on. So just the, the timing of it was, was very interesting. Uh, Brian and I ended up coming up and meeting, um, sitting at Granite Records and, and meeting you and Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, great meeting. Yeah. Great meeting. Uh, it was. Resulted in a phone call to the rest of the guys. I think we found the place where we're going to mm-hmm. do it at. And we're going to do it differently than we have done it in, in the past in terms of you know coming here and doing a pre-production session you know, 
with people that you don't know, you know, and so, God, do we really need to rehearse this in front of people and this, that, and the other, and, you know, what are they like, and are we going to be able to get along, and because, you know, you, you, you get comfortable in the way you like to do things, yeah. but, it, you know, growth comes from, from getting outside that comfort zone. Totally. So, it just, I, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Megan, just Megan Waters, the owner of Water Tree Media, the producer of, of Ditch Day, and I was just talking to her a couple of days ago. She was giving me updates on what was happening with the film, but all conversations go back to you, you know, and, and the experience here. So it's just been amazing. And, yeah. you know, and are you kidding me? It wasn't that much time here doing the recording to walk out with what we left here with. <laughs> what a record, though. What a, what there was a, a good amount of time. Or stellar, right? Stellar. 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 <laughs> stellar. <laughs> there was a good amount of time prior to this where we were coming up with the song, which yeah. was just a really cool process, a very organic. Um, Dwayne had some ideas. Like Dwayne gives me a call. He's like, we got to got to put a song together because we got this opportunity yeah and i was like absolutely i got a bunch of ideas <laughs> i go all right well we'll come in and we'll listen to them because i got some ideas too and it was like i got these no i got this one yeah no nah, not so much i got this one that's good but not right now uh-huh. uh all right well let's see what you got so it felt a lot more like uh, how we came up with uh, we are alive because they had some ideas and then i started adding some more ideas underneath it yeah one of the funnier parts was the lift when we when you hear it the chorus was what Dwayne thought the verse should be. And as soon as Al and I heard it, it was almost in unison. Al and I were like, nah, <laughs> that should be the chorus. Oh. No, no, I really think it should be the verse. Nah, that's and Dwayne's very open, like, let's flesh it out. Let's see what you got. Let's cool. see what you got. So yeah. it was really cool writing that and then to come in here and I love that camaraderie, man, where you guys are able to trust each other's opinions. Well, oh, well, no, no one in this band is ever going to say no. Yeah, let's let's work on it. Oh, let's that's at cool. least try it out first. That's today. a big thing for us is we don't <laughs> we don't throw out the idea until we've tried it to see whether or not it works. Yeah, you don't yeah. you don't hear the you don't, nobody says, hey, let me. What do you think of this? Nah, and we move on. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. let's let's work it out. Explain your idea. Let's mm. communicate it. Let's get it worked up, and then go from there. Yeah. One of the great things that's a little bit different about the lift compared to the other songs we've written is, you know, I, I'll, I'll pretty much come in with an idea of what I want, and then I sit down with Brian and we work on the arrangement. Yeah, and then bring it to to Al and Shane, and then they go from there. And Shane's brilliant at coming up with not only the you know the bass lines like you had talked about. But there's so many times that he'll he'll come up with a part, yeah, mm-hmm. and he'll say, "Hey, man, you know, I was I was I was listening to it and I was thinking this," or, "How about if we take what exists and we just tweak it a little bit like this, and it just elevates the entire thing?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty much the process for like the the five songs that are part of that seven song swirling peak. Yeah. We started down that road on the lift, but and I you know I got together and, and worked on the arrangement with Brian. I walk in and and. Pretty quickly on, Alfred decides, hey, man, we need to get together and work on this thing a little bit, too. And he changes up a little of what's happening with the verses to accommodate the vocal line that he's working with. Mm -hmm. So it's the first time that, I think it's fair to say, it's the first time he kind of got involved in the instrumentation side of Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that he he didn't weigh in on it before. I'm certainly not trying to say that. But he got more More of a commanding role. Yeah. Hey, man, you know, like the intro. Yeah. The intro for the lift was Al's idea. Yeah. You know, the way the verse chording goes, the structure for the verses was Al. Yeah. You know. That's amazing. It, but you, you know, it's funny that you. you not funny. It's it's good that you picked up on it. There's a lot of 
sincerity and, and, and trust and you know everybody believes and wants what's best for the song and right. at the end it's of the day that's that's what matters exactly that's yeah. always a, like what's the best thing for the song well because there are bands that have members that have their own agendas that they want their parts heard more or you know be featured more but you guys don't feel like there is that push well, and pull i never have a problem with that it's like there, hey, go ahead play man you know, there is a little bit of that i'll because wait I to sing i can wait to sing no no let's do no, another I, five bars i'll sing later no no that's cool <laughs> well, i mean look you do have four guys that are creative and are passionate about their craft so there's going to be that space in a song where you have four guys plus your producer now it's five that have an idea of what should be there mm -hmm. and Nah, very rarely those ideas are all going to be the same. Yeah. So, again, you end up testing them all out, and then, okay, now, it wasn't your idea, but what's best for the song? Case in point. It's, it's, it's fair to say that we got all the recording done, and yourself, me, and Al worked on the mix. Yeah. And got to the point where we thought, okay, this thing is done, and it's really good, and we really like it. Um, and then brought the rhythm section in to hear what was going on and we're like see we got a home run mm -hmm. here this is great and it's another shane moment yeah. he was like it's good but i'm not i'm not with you guys on on the excitement level yet right and then he goes with you which again part of you being completely gracious about things because for those listening make no mistake about it we are very meticulous and when I say we try all ideas, it's not like we only have two ideas and then we work those up. We we throw out ideas and and add emo to it. Mm -hmm. it there's a ton of ideas floating around. So that leads to hours and hours and hours and late nights mm -hmm. working on these this song. Um, Your patience. Was very much so. Uh, very much so. He's I was amazing. Man, patient. I hope he's okay with you know we're trying this. <laughs> <laughs> it's when like wee hours. And like, oh, guys, uh. Well, when you love a song like the lift, man, it was, it was easy. So it was one of those things where you know, then you go back in to where where we thought we had a, a final mix, and you sit down with Shane and work on it some more. And mm -hmm. I'll be the first to 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 say now when I do interviews and all, I'm like, hey, you know, it's another one of those Shane moments where Shane saved the song because when it was done. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sold. Matter of fact, I think there was a, a division in the band of sorts because, you know, we thought the original mix that we had was going to be the one. Um, then there's the, what we dubbed the Shane mix, or I dubbed the Shane mix. And so I wasn't sure. So I'm sending it off to radio. And I'm sending the song in two different versions to radio. And they are overwhelmingly coming back with the Shane mix. And it's like, you know what? I guess that's the one then. Yeah. So that's now we just, we just run with it. Yeah, I love it. And it's. Not little thing, you know, and I, I, we were in there working on the song right before we came in to start recording it, and I wasn't really thrilled with the with the intro. I mean, the the intro was good, but then there was a section right after the intro before the vocals kick in, and I'm like, I kind of want to do this, but I'm not really sure. And for the sake of this song being kind of it is, maybe we'll just mellow it out. And Shane was like, No, no, rock it out there. Yeah. Oh. Now it sounds like a swirl song. Yeah, yeah no, I, I will never forget that because when when Shane said that, um, it was really cool because I remember looking at Dwayne and as soon as we played the part, I looked at Dwayne and I was like, and I said, that's it. And Dwayne's exact words yeah. were, okay, now this sounds like swirl. Yeah, yeah now totally. it's a swirl song. And, yeah. and I was like, and I go, there it is. I said, I go, and that, you know, look, 
what Alfred creates when it comes to the lyrics and, and all that stuff, it is, it is incredible. But I think that that's what makes this band as unique as it is. Because, look, it's, I don't come to the table, me being the drummer, I don't come to the table with, with chordal stuff and, and, and know all of that. What I do have is an ear to listen to arrangements and to hear parts and mm-hmm. how to put stuff together and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And then as a failed guitarist, it's funny. I don't know how to play guitar, but I can hear things. Sure. And I can sing those things to Dwayne, and he'll try it. And, and, and so, you know, when you put everybody's individual basis together like that, it's, it's insane. It, it is <laughs> how it, it is comes so together. cool because yeah. Shane is always notorious for coming in with that one part that makes you say, that's it. Yeah. That, dude, right. That's the it. final that's piece. Made yeah. That is it. Yeah. So, and yeah. you guys can't that. see it, but my head is so fucking huge right now. <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's just cool. And me being the drummer and kind of, you know, as always sitting back and kind of looking at it and seeing how it's all being pieced together. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. It's a marvel to see. Yeah. No, it, it really is. Yeah. That's it's the really fun is. thing for me about listening to this song. I can listen to this song and I can hear everybody's input. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the song, it it's isn't like, well, we're playing this song that Shane or that I came in and everybody yeah. learned their parts and just now yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, it's we all created this one together, which I think probably has a little bit to do with why it's had the amazing amount of success that it has. So many nuggets in there, man. So many beautiful parts. Even even the stuff that. Like that stuff, man. You'll like, hear that part in a second when we play it. Oh my god, it's so. I mean, there's so many things you can listen. It's like you, if you listen to it 20 times, there's 20 things you'll hear every time you listen. You're so. candy. But yeah. I, I gotta take a moment to thank uh, emo man because melodies, lyrics, okay, no problem. Harmonies, that was like my kryptonite. And I was like, I was like, can't you just like do <laughs> it, do it in post, do it? No <laughs> way. You that I refused. Like, you're like, no. And I was like, I har- believed har- in you, man. Harmonies were always like my, oh gosh, I was always terrible at harmonies. You slayed man, it, man. You, you helped me all the way through that, man. We thought Thank Emo you. was going to do the harmonies. I know. I was like, <laughs> we thought Emo was going <laughs> to do all the Emo, there's the microphone. Like, get your button here. <laughs> you just show <laughs> me which do. button to hit record. You go in the closet <laughs> and you <laughs> sing that part. Well, no, because he's sitting there Don't singing the pro- line. Like, here's the harmony line. Sing it like this. And we're like, we'll just record that and move on. What do you no, with a tone like Alfred, you want three of Alfred. And, I mean, that's what made it kick. If I was on there, it would have sounded completely different. Well, I'm going to turn the tables like on you, Emo. What's your preference? Because this is something that some friends of mine will usually talk about. It will always, always come up. What's your preference when you listen to a recorded album? Is your preference everybody who's in the band singing, singing in the band? Or is your preference have the singer do all the parts. The other singers, the other people in the band, they can do it live. Right. Um, if if it's the singer, I'll have him harmonize with himself. But if there's multiple singers, I love hearing multiple different singers. I, Aside from McCartney and Lennon and Staley and Cantrell, I don't like hearing two... two Who are those? <laughs> Google it. Yeah. For those kids out there, Staley's dead. <laughs> so, but but what I do love hearing is two different singers sing uh, opposite each other or uh, or kind of like an echo kind of thing. So yeah, so a little bit of both. But I don't like to hear um, people harmonizing with each other unless it's live. 
Of course. What I hate is I'll hear harmonies on a record and I'll go watch them live and it's just yeah, the one yeah, guy singing. Yeah, where the harmonies on the record. Yeah. Well, I got to give you props too because I think you were the one had the idea when we came in and we were playing the chorus and we were just like, holy shit, that fucking that bass line's that's dope. But then you had the idea, and how about we put the guitar Going ascending? Up. Yeah, so yeah, that was again, brilliant. Like, it's not just that the band coming brilliant. up with ideas for yes. this song. You had a lot of input to add to the song, not yeah. just tweaking knobs and dials that's and stuff. So you were good. like, put you that part in there, put producing. that part in there. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, producing that should that. be, yeah. Is and that then, what it's called? And then, <laughs> and then and then I kept hearing that you lift me up going into the chorus. Mm -hmm. If you remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my only two contributions though. I mean the rest is you guys. So can we hear it? I I know the listeners have uh have heard the song, but after we hear the song, I want to talk about what the lift has done for you guys. Okay. It's lifted us. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, listeners for Granted Radio, by swirl, here it is. The lift. Now I'm free. 
from Granted Records for having us. We are swirled. This is a bit. That still gets me emotional. All right, so you guys released the song, uh, and the and the reception has been great. You guys have been doing great on online. Um, what else has taken form uh, for the band thanks to Lyft? <sighs> well, let's see. It's out in over thirty countries. We're it's signed now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, led to, it led to a record deal for the band after Amazing, you know yeah. all all of those years Amazing. of. Of pushing and <laughs> you, you just never know. You <laughs> never know. So um, I, the song big weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, very much so. You know, the reality of it is that for the first twenty-two weeks of this year, the song has been in the top six um, every week. Wow, every week. And you know, because we keep sending you guys the reports and all the updates and all that. I mean, at least seven or eight of those weeks, it's yeah. been the number one song. Makes my day every time so, I get those. You know, we've we've debuted at number thirteen in Scotland. We peaked at number four in Australia. Amazing. Um, y- you Amazing. Know, like I said, it's uh, on the way. Is, this is something you don't know. Yeah. On the way in tonight, I was doing a station ID because the track is now going to be in Jordan on, on the radio there. You're kidding me, uh, dude! I thought you'd get a kick oh out of that Oh, my one. God! Our so listeners from Jordan, if you're hearing that, request the lift now. Um, yeah, yeah, Radio Jordan. I oh. think it's 96.3 over there. Yes, the name of 96.3? Yeah. Yes, of course, dude. Yeah. I know people there. Okay, yeah, yeah, they have the track already. They got it today. Oh, my Sweet. God, dude, so, I'll call in myself. Yeah, my God. Yeah. So Do they they need to let them know that a Jordanian uh, That's what I'm saying. You know, we, we can, I'll you know, call it in. I'll call it let in. Let them know. Yeah. yeah, by all means. I mean, you know, look, we're not hiding that like anything. I mean, you know. You're, if anything, that'll like give you guys a huge boost over there. You're very there. much a part of our story. So, I mean, you know, like yes. I said, we're not, we're not doing anything to hide that. So, you know, you, you can't 
listen. You can't not listen to that song. You can't you'll find it on YouTube, and you read. You know, you do the. We see it, man. Your name is all over. You've been you know, so gracious song. with that. Well, thank so you for that. You just and walk away listening to the sound, going, "That sounds very Jordanian." <laughs> <laughs> how did how did two black guys, a white guy, and a Mexican make something so Jordanian? <laughs> well, that's how that's how Jordan came about. Two black guys, a white guy, and a Mexican. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably what you get when you mix them together. Bro. <laughs> That's funny. Congratulations, man. That's yeah, to make it into such a, such a unique country like Jordan, that's a feat. So what's next? Where do you guys see yourselves in the next six months? And then where do you guys see yourselves in the next three years? We'll be on tour. We're, we're, going, we're going on the road. Awesome. For, um, th- th- it's time. I mean, with the film and then with this song. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and all the, the different places that it's going to. And yeah. We've got... You know, the label is, is now looking at putting together some tour stuff, so we'll be out um, probably this summer and then, you know, anywhere and everywhere. I mean, I've always said Swirl only needs two things, electricity and interest. If, if you have <laughs> those two things, <laughs> you're there. we'll be there. That's amazing. So w- after that, and, you know, given the way that the musical industry, the music industry works nowadays, I mean, it's hard to say after that, but no, well, in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, we'll write and we'll track new songs and we'll continue to, to license and place them. That's a big deal for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, um, a little breaking news for half of the band, um, Time to Fly, got licensed into an upcoming MMA FC event. Oh. Dude. So sweet. I'm the yeah. half that didn't know about that. That's breaking <laughs> news. <laughs> I'm the other half, too. There's, yeah. there's <laughs> a lot of... of Things going on placement-wise that where the deals aren't done, um, but it's gonna be impossible to not know about this band in very in in varied genres of of film um, or sport or wherever. I mean, we we got real lucky. Oh, I don't know if we got lucky. What we managed to do was write a batch of songs that connect. With a lot of people yeah. in various entertainment fields, yeah. So um, it's not at all out of the realm of possibility that we will be uh, appearing in film, TV, sporting events, and commercials within the next by the end of the year. Nobody deserves all it more than you guys. You guys have put in the work. I mean, anybody who's listening to this podcast just probably just got a a blip of the effort you guys have put in to really make this thing a reality. Well, you know, I mean, look, here's the thing. You know, it's shameless plug time. You know, it's it's very easy to find. It is swirltheband.com, S-W-I-R-L-T-H-E-B-A-N-D. It all starts from there. You go to the website. You can, you know, from there, whatever your your preference is, your social media preference. If you're like one of those Twitter people, then, yep. you know, the, the Twitter is Swirl the Band. The, the Facebook is Swirl the Band. You know, the, the SoundCloud, there's a link there. The YouTube is a link there. You can, you asked about if there's footage from previous shows or, or previous tours or whatever. Yeah. It's all over YouTube. It's there's content galore. You just come check it out, hang out. Set, and we do run our own social media sites. We do communicate. If you send an email to swirltheband at gmail dot com, you are you're gonna get a response from somebody in the band. Yeah, so, yeah. You guys have yeah. been great about that. And I mean, um, be the one of the what thirteen thousand likes you guys have on Facebook? Yeah, now? our Facebook is like over over thirteen. Easily thirty thousand. Yeah, you know. so be part of that, man. Be part of the Swirl Society, listeners. These guys are the real deal, and not only that, but they are. Well, they're human. Uh, you f- you find a lot of musicians that get to where they are, and their heads are in the clouds, and they can 
they just forget where they came from. But but you guys uh, have always kept your feet on the ground and stayed true to your fans. Well, you know what's funny to me about that is you always have these people, or at least I'm, it's been my experience. I mean, Brian's been around me a lot when, when this happens, and I, I know from Shane, he's talked to me about it too. Perception is everything. Yeah. You know, perception is everything because there are people that will approach us and be like, oh my God, you've done this and you've done this and you've, this is great and it must be so incredible and and it's so nowhere near what the goal was. So yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I don't have time to pat myself on the back because I'm nowhere near where I want to be yet. Yeah. You know? That's a great well, thing to have. I, I'm I mean, all we're about, going, you know. You go back to two hours in the, <laughs> two hours of the conversation <laughs> where they're the same people are saying the same, oh, you're living the dream and we're all thinking to ourselves, the dream is four of us in a van <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the night trying to keep warm by cranking the heater. The, uh, the dream be, is the hotel room. We are <laughs> not there yet. This <laughs> <laughs> is your dream. <laughs> <laughs> Sink showers on to shower and a pot of coffee. Yes, oh, I would appreciate oh. those things. Oh my god, continental breakfast. <laughs> a shower would be a wet dream. Oh, <laughs> see what he did there, folks. He's got jokes. Uh, so, um, what do you guys have as far as parting words, uh, words of advice for any musician who just wants to kind of get started along the same path that you guys started off years ago? I don't I don't advise because there's there's no one way to do it. I think if there was one way to do it, there'd be a book and and Gene Simmons would probably own the rights to it. <laughs> so who's Gene Simmons for yeah, the kids Google out him. there? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, look, it, be passionate, be committed. You know, yeah. understand this. In most cases, it's going to take a lot more effort and a lot more work and a lot more time than than you thought it was going to. Yeah. It's going to test your patience and it's going to test how how this thing is going to test how bad you want it. Yeah. If you if you if it really is that important to you, you'll stick it out and you'll make it happen. Now, and if it isn't, there's no shame in that. So, you know, be true to yourself, I guess at the end of the day. It's great know. advice. Simple. And for those out there who are friends of bands, families of bands, don't don't go negative, man. Don't be like, you can't do that. You can't do this. Don't think about that. Just, you know, be encouraging. Don't think why. Think why not. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But always ask that question. Is it worth it? You, I would think you should already know. You shouldn't have to ask that That's question. If you you're going to make it, yeah. there shouldn't be a question, is it worth it? It should yeah. be, this is what I want to do. I mean, I was talking if with If you're the, waiting for somebody to tell you whether or not it's worth it, then you probably don't want it bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking with a friend of mine, and I was telling him, musicians live in a different world. There, True. There's something about music and playing the music and being being within you know the musical world where you just, the world is different to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's different from... Anything else in in the in the commerce in commerce? So you know we live yeah. a different way. So there's no real question. Is especially because the reality of it is there is no commerce for a lot of the time. <laughs> so you know <laughs> if you're doing this for the money, <laughs> don't do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. We look, we're doing this without the money. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So the money's coming. Uh, okay, let's be realistic. There's yeah. a very strong chance of that for us. And yeah. okay, and, but that's not that's not because we didn't do the work. But we did the work when there wasn't any. Right. So you, you, you earn it. And, you know, you're going to think you should have it. 
long before it gets to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, what committed uh, are you? Uh, <laughs> well, well, as much as you guys think. <laughs> Ten years we've been doing this on the road. Uh, I thought I deserved it nine years ago. Well, it shows how humble you guys are, you know, and feeling like you guys still have so much more things to accomplish. But you guys have really accomplished a lot, and you guys should really be proud of how far you guys have come. I know we're very proud to be part of your story, and b- believe me when I say that you guys are a huge part of of our story. And I thank you for you guys trusting us, and for being our awesome guests here tonight. Hey, well, absolutely, thank you. Man. We're only getting started. Oh, I started so. to say absolutely. <laughs> we're not done with you yet, sir. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the lift is not like a one and done with us. As far Does as the lift one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna license that too, <laughs> or the wall. <laughs> Jordan, I got an idea. Do something with it. Go. Friday the 13th. Well, listeners, you guys know where to go. Swirltheband at gmail.com is how you can get in touch with them. Go to their Facebook. Go to their Instagram. They're all over Spotify. Every streaming service you can think of, you can find their music there. But more importantly, tell your friends about these guys. Share their music. Uh, Just recommend it to three people on your left. That's all I ask. I love that. (laughs) Or to the right. Or to the right. No, right, right doesn't work. If there's no one on your left, go to the right. Someone <laughs> will be there. Maybe you're the last person on the bench at the bus stop, and you can't look to the left. Nope, no one there. <sighs> guys, it's been a bit, been a true pleasure. It's good to see you guys again. Um, and good to see you, Good to be seen. Hopefully, it won't be brother. another six months before we see each other again. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got like, like I said, I got a bunch of ideas. All cool. the ideas that I brought in, and everyone was like, nope. Now it's time <laughs> to do the next one. So. <laughs> Look forward to it. I have no problem telling you, man. I think um, within the next six months, we'll have quite a few updates to give you. Yeah. Cool. So I, think, I think there'll be quite a few updates. So we'll, we'll be in here again. Awesome, man. Look forward to having you guys back. Yeah. All right. And we will be Look back. Right. Radio, man. Thanks Thank for you. Us. Our pleasure. Thank you, man. Thanks Take care, guys. Take care. Thank you.